Welcome to Canadian Equities, a short bi-weekly podcast series where we speak with top business leaders and hear their perspectives on the industries in which they operate. For the full-length version, find our link in the podcast notes or connect with us at acumencapital.com. I'm your host, Robert Cooper. Today, I'm pleased to have with me Tom Alford, President Well Services at Precision Drilling, Chairman of Tricam Well Service and Director at Wajax. Tom has had a varied career in the Canadian oil patch, including as a highly successful entrepreneur, CEO, and sought-after corporate director. We will talk about the energy business. Tom Alford, welcome. Thanks, uh, Robert. Happy to be here, and uh, I look forward to talking to you. Tom, let's start at the beginning. Walk us through your resume, if you will, and how did you get started in the energy business? Uh, sure. Uh, grew up in, in Red Deer. Uh, graduated from the University of Alberta with a commerce degree in 1980. And uh, my first job uh, was with a small service company that was doing uh, uh, bigger things in Red Deer. I uh, immediately hooked on the business, the service business, exciting place to work with career potential uh, that I hadn't seen in other places. And uh, was fact, fast-tracked into positions of increased responsibility uh, uh, very quickly in, in the job. So left the first job at 27 years old, started my own uh, well-servicing company with the help of some partners uh, at one of the lowest points in the industry in 1985, interest rates of 13 and three quarters percent and uh, not very much activity going on. Uh, slowly built the company up, taking it public in 1992 through a shell uh, company on the VSC, graduated to the TSC in 96. And that's where the growth of our company and, and probably the industry as a whole uh, began to surge. Uh, I think at the time that that we did that, there was only four or five uh, publicly traded companies on the TSC in the early 90s, uh, including Enzyme, Precision, Mullen, and Nowsco. So it was uh, very early times in terms of public companies, and uh, and we jumped in with both feet. So went from 15 rigs to over 200 rigs with a series of acquisitions over four or five years, and left uh, left that company, Bonus Resource Services, in 2000. Obtained control of IROC Energy Services and set a plan in play for growth that took a couple of years to materialize. It was based on service rigs as a platform. It was very successful using organic growth model during a decade of increasing demand. I retired in 2013 with the sale of IROC, uh, focused on board work to stay active, and then joined Precision in 2018 after competing with them for the better part of 30 years. And I remain active on both Tricand Well Service Board and uh, Wajax's board. So Tom, the energy business is in flux and there are a lot of competing crosswinds. You had to narrow it down to one or two main themes that you see playing out and themes that you expect will endure over the medium term, what would they be? Well, I see see the uh, uh, huge ongoing opportunity in the oil and gas industry. We've been down for so long and and all those things have have contributed to, uh, I think, the opportunity in front of us. Uh, More evidence of of the fundamentals improving are emerging daily. Uh, There's increased demand coming out of the COVID situation. There's a tightened supply for lack of investment for a number of years. And our products are critical to both our way of life and increasingly important to a developing world as countries provide necessities of life and, and, and an increasing population. So I have full faith in the recovery of our business, especially in Canada, despite what uh, might appear to be monumental obstacles in our way, many monumental obstacles in our way. Uh, my assumption is that as demand increases, uh, services can respond. 
But I think the ability to respond is significantly overestimated, and that's going to be uh, the opportunity that is in front of us as we go forward. Based on deteriorating situation over the past eight years, we're now in a situation where uh, there's less equipment available. Uh, many, many people have left the industry, and uh, it's time to go forward again in a tightened environment. And I think that's an opportunity. So you've seen boom and bust, and you've probably seen two or three of them each in your career. So what's been the biggest change that you've seen since you started? <laughs> that uh, uh, reminds me of a comment one of the younger fellows made to me. I think it was in the early 2000s uh, when we had a little short-term blip in uh, in activity and and they said, well, you must have gone through a, a boom or a bust uh, or a bust before in the industry. And I said, the first uh, twelve years of my uh, of my career was a was a bust in terms of the activity that we faced. I started in 1980 in April, and the national energy policy came in in uh, in the fall of that year, and it just never really recovered until gas started to take hold in 1992, I think it was. So. Uh, yeah, that uh, is, certainly is that way. But uh, there's no question the, the, the largest change just comes down to one thing, and that's technology. The past 42 years that I've been in the business, uh, phenomenal changes relating directly and indirectly to technology. So, you know, directly in the techniques that are used to extract oil and gas now, we've got SAG-D, we've got horizontal drilling, vastly improved fracturing techniques, drilling automation, downhole technology, carbon capture, all mind-boggling when, when you think about where you began and if you just fast-forwarded, you would just be amazed. Uh, secondly, the ab- adaptation of technology to enhance the efficiency and drive productivity. You know, a simple thing that we take for granted today, cell phones. Back when we started in the business, we could contact our crews uh, only occasionally through an XJ phone system, which was, re- which was relayed by an operator pinging a tower where you thought someone might be at that point in time, then they had to be there in order for you to make a connection. Today, any issue at the rigs, no matter where it is around the world, can be disseminated across the company in real time. The industry's embraced technology. It's effectively been the savior in Western Canada for the business and will continue to do so going forward, I think. You know, if you take still shots, it really doesn't do us justice, but the movie's pretty amazing when you look over the past 40 years. So ESG has been a big trend uh, across all the investing business, and particularly the energy and extraction business. The Canadian energy industry in general has a very good track record in absolute terms and certainly relative to other locales. Returns probably help a lot, but other than that, how does the industry change the view that Canadian energy is somehow uninvestable due to ESG concerns? Well, it's certainly a front and center topic, as you indicate. But working inside the businesses, I've had a a viewpoint to see the good things that we do and the progress that we make. And I think the progress is accelerating. Do I believe we've done a good job of relating the the message in the past? I don't think we have. And I think that ESG will give us a, uh, a platform to be able to deliver that message in a better way. So I, I view the ESG uh, evolution as a good thing for our industry despite the outside perceptions that are there. The service portion of the of the business is an important cog in the wheel of industry ESG, and I think that will come to light very quickly as, as these reports become more commonplace. The E is currently being measured. Just about everybody in the industry is involved or participating. I'm confident the energy sector will grade out very well at the end of the day. Certainly more opportunity to improve, but awareness and execution have never been higher on that front. The S is natural and, and totally untold. 
we work across Western Canada and affect the social fabric of nearly every community in terms of direct employment and social support, even on a wider basis to other parts of Canada. You know, the Indigenous relationships are beginning to flourish in many, many areas. I think they will continue to develop across the nation as time goes by. My association with the G's is basically a given in the ESG portion in that the services side and the public sector in general, governance is paramount to, to their existence. So again, not well told by the industry, but far beyond what's perceived uh, by the rest of the world. I see the evolution of ESG as a huge opportunity again for us to outline the reality of how good we are currently and where we intend to go. Reality will prevail in time, and I think uh, that the callous and sometimes planned comments regarding our industry will disappear in, in relatively short order. Tom Alford, thanks for joining us today on our podcast. Thanks, Robert. Happy to be here. Note that this podcast is not making an investment recommendation on any companies discussed. We welcome your comments on today's episode or any other episode. Connect with us at acumencapital.com.